0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is our continued Tribeca coverage with our review of Disobedience. I'm Christopher Schnezi. And I'm Stephen Miller. And for joining us for the first time, the Spoiler the Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show we're gonna dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. And for the first time in during the Tribeca Film Festival, this film literally is coming to a theater near you this week. So this is the first time that like we'll be We'll be recording this review, and by the time you're listening to this, you could conceivably—this is the first time we'll be remotely relevant to anyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Instead of just talking about films that you will one day get to see, this is one that you can go see this weekend, and that may or may not be something that you'll want to do. Um, but we will get to that. This is mm. this is coming out It has a trailer that we'll play in this episode. Like this is like for all intents and purposes, this is a regular review, but. We like having a little tag on the front of the episodes while we're here, so it's still going to count. It's what we paid for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Should we should we stop making the listeners pay for it and just get into this review? <laughs> Let's do it. All right, we're going to take a listen to the trailer for Disobedience, and then we're going to come back and give you a review.
1: I <laughs> We weren't expecting you.
0: Oh, I'm sorry, I'm good. <laughs> My father just died.
1: So you came to wander around?
0: Why else would I be here? Hello, Esty.
1: Your wife? She won't be distracted by Ronny's return?
0: We all have forgiven you, Ronnie. Not for, Fuma? For, uh, for everything. We never thought we'd see you again. Sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> and you're not married. It's important that this week is conducted with honor. It's the most important thing. Honor.
1: This is my house we're talking about. I keep it in order.
0: Why did you get married? I think he felt that marriage would cure me. Honey? Is that you?
1: Esty, what's happened?
0: Tell me the truth.
1: To stop this.
0: I think you should leave him.
1: I'd do anything for you. Do you know that?
0: Look at me! I have always been this way. I want you to give me my freedom.
1: I want to take your picture.
0: All right, so that was the trailer for Disobedience. It is the story of a uh, a woman whose father that she's sort of estranged from um passes away. That father happens to be a rabbi in a small like orthodox Jewish community and she is alerted to the fact that of his passing goes back to this town that she grew up in and while there encounters uh some some friends from her past that are now married and uh there's sort of a Romantic entanglement that is involved in th- her returning back to the community and seeing the people that she once knew there. Mm-hmm. Um, so Stephen Miller, um, this is this will appear earlier in the feed um, than than would have been expected chronologically in how we have been watching the episodes. But um, you definitely wanted to, to get your thoughts out about this film, um, right? Uh,
1: pr- primarily because. If you're editing one a day, I wanted people to maybe have it by the time the movie is playing near them. Yeah. But yeah. It, also because yeah, this definitely inspired more feelings than a few of the other ones we've seen. So to set the stage, it's literally two twenty in the morning right now on a Tuesday night. It's two twenty one now. Two twenty one. <laughs> we just attended the U.S. premiere of *Disobedience*. Got a few drinks and dinner here we are recording immediately. So there hasn't been any time to think or talk that has been true in general of the Tribeca films. We've kind of come home late at night and then just given our thoughts. And sometimes you have to pull opinions out of thin air and other times the opinions just come to you very naturally while watching a movie. Yes, I mean, in this case, my opinion is pretty heavy frustration with this movie. Um, I think disobedience starts out totally strong i think it has plenty to recommend it uh i enjoyed the director sebastian lelio like we both really liked a fantastic woman um i thought the style of that movie in particular was like very unique and very captivating and it just was the kind of movie that draws you in it's easy to watch a film like that even when thematically it gets heavy or difficult um the stars of this movie exciting right Rachel Weisz and Rachel McAdams in a this isn't a spoiler this was definitely known going into the movie in a kind of like lesbian romance situation it seemed like it was stretching both of those actresses quite a bit I I loved me some Carol you know I I enjoy a movie that is kind of meandering and is about a a romance between two characters where maybe the romance isn't the point so much as like the freedom that it represents for the people who are seeking it like I'm all about all of that um and th- this movie begins really interestingly because you, you get the setting of this uh, extremely rigid Orthodox Jewish community and you, you're kind of thrust into it where you don't totally know the context for what you're witnessing. But there is basically basically Rachel Weiss and there's everyone else. And everyone else knows this code of behavior that comes from this very like cloistered community. Yeah. And that was all very interesting. And I thought it was built with the appropriate level of... Uh, enigma, like I thought, it was all kind of mysterious, and people are chanting and singing in Hebrew in a way that I thought was very beautiful and like built the tone very well. And then the romance happens, and it just—I didn't feel like it went anywhere. I felt like the movie didn't care enough to convince me of anything that it was showing me, and the the narrative just kind of falls apart. Like there, there's a moment like two-thirds of the way through this film where I swear to God, it felt like they cut out 20 minutes of the movie that would have explained what was going on because it was like an arc was happening and then suddenly they're just like, nope, now this is the movie. And then from then on, it just kind of fizzled. And I don't know, I felt like... I felt like this movie was very inert in the way that it told this story. Like it it decided to build a setting that... It traced the outline of what a kind of forbidden love would look like, and then it was like it forgot to give me the forbidden love. It was just like, yeah, so you all believe there's a forbidden love now, right? Okay, cut the credits, we're done. And it, I don't know. It, it just felt it. It was really weird. Like it. It rubbed me the wrong way. I. Th- I thought it was so promising, and it just didn't do very much at all with the narrative. So I'm. I'm curious how you felt about it.
0: I think that this is a very complicated film. Mm-hmm. I think that this film does some very interesting things. And I think this film is not the film that I expected going in. I think that this film uh, is not... I think it's still about self-discovery, but not in the sense of what you expect of like two women falling in love and wanting each other against the sort of expectations and approval of the people in their lives. I think it is a story about faith, a story about understanding a story about um, like, we, we've seen a few films th- during the festival where in people's final moments, they discover something about themselves, about forgiveness, about um, love. And right. I think that, and, and familial love too. Like, and I think that, I think that this is a, this is a film that is juggling a bunch of different things. And I think that some of those things have nothing to do with the love story. And have everything to do with uh, the status quo and blindly following things, and like they're about understanding or misunderstanding. Right. And I think that the emotion, like it's it's a thing that I don't even know how worried I am about spoilers because I think it's very much open to interpretation, especially considering the ending is ridiculously ambiguous. In yeah, a way that- I, w-
1: I would actually say spoilers are not a very big deal for this movie. Yeah,
0: but I I think that like. This, I, this is going to be a silly comparison, so just bear with me. But it, it Passion of the Christ. No, I, I was going to say that it has, like, it doesn't have this feeling at all, but it reminded me a little bit of the construction of, like, a Coen Brothers film. Where it's no, like the, no, the I, opening, I buy that a yeah. thousand
1: percent. A Serious Man was a very yeah, heavy yeah. comp for me. Like, the
0: opening scene seems just like a let's get started, but it heavily informs. Like, it's, I interpreted it as, like, the and this is all subtext in the films i'm not spoiling like this film opens with the rabbi passing away and then you immediately find out directly after that that the rabbi was also Rachel Weiss's father mm-hmm. um and then you realize shortly after that that like basically she was whatever the familial version of disavowed is <laughs> yeah, yeah she uh,
1: she wasn't really welcome at home anymore yeah
0: yeah but like even the obituary in the paper says the rabbi passed away with no children, <laughs> right? Um, so, but I think that this is a story where, like, the sermon that he gives while he dies, he knows he's about to die, and he gives the sermon as a way to, like, say sorry to his daughter who will never hear the sermon.
1: When the truth is found to
0: be <laughs> lies. Um, I, I don't know what you're quoting, but... Yeah, it's the end of a series, man. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, just, I don't remember the dialogue, from the that movie, but anyways. um, But I think that, like there's a lot of complex stuff that is happening in this. And I think that while yes, there's a backdrop to the story, which is um, uh, Rachel McAdams has been in this marriage that she was sort of forced into because uh, she was caught in engaging in lesbian activities and which was obviously not something that Orthodox Jewish uh, rabbi people are very happy about. Um, Rachel Weiss was cast out and now they're coming back together and you expect them to like have this long lost thing to be rekindled and I think that like while that is something you are seeing take place that Rachel McAdams is more worried about the relationship she's in than the relationship she missed and I think that the progression they go through in the story proves that out and the reason the ending is so ambiguous is because she wanted out of her marriage more than she wanted into Rachel Vice. Like there, there's there, there I think there's a lot of complex emotions going on. And I think that like at any one moment in this film, it's just all right. But what I think when you step back and look at the entire complexity of the whole painting, that like, it's actually a kind of fantastic film that is emotionally complex and I was drawn into the more that I realized that it's a lot of people questioning who they are, questioning what it means to make the decisions they make and sort of, um, the, the ending of each of their journeys ends them in a place where they are happy with the decisions they've made, but they haven't necessarily resolved any conflict in the film at all. Right. And, so
1: here, so here's the thing is that I agree with you about the emotional complexity in principle, I I see the sketch of all of this going on, this being a movie about faith, about liberation, about the boundaries between things and questioning them. It, I thought of the Coen brothers like a thousand percent, too, no, when no, I was no, watching no. this movie, because thematically it fits in that world. I just, I don't know that the film bears any of those out. Like, you talk about the emotional journeys characters go on. In my mind, all of their journey happens in the last like ten minutes of the movie and leading up to it is all just ambiguous feelings and a kind of drawn out forbidden love story that doesn't have much to recommend it. Like I, I feel like it wraps itself in a tidy bow that it wasn't earn earning with the remaining runtime. As like for instance, Rachel Vice, do you did she go on a journey to you? I don't know what her journey was in this I mean, movie her- at all.
0: I so once again, if I can, if I can, I want to link it to other things we've seen, but without mm-hmm. spoiling those things. But I think that like Rachel Weiss is unaware of the journey she went on. Like, she, her journey is like getting to take a photo of her father's grave, mm-hmm. which is technically not satisfying to her. But at because I believe that before her father died, this is all before the movie starts, so there's just once again me reading into things like I think that her father forgave her, and though he never got to say that directly to her, she experiences things through other characters. She got who, forgiveness like, by proxy with yeah, the yeah, climax yeah. of the scene. And movie. I and I think that I think that, that is the only journey she really should be on Mm -hmm. Um, like that everything is put in in motion because of his passing and the fact that like she got cast out of a thing that she grew up in in a relationship that she was very fond of um and it's it's very it's quite possible that she felt that, that Rachel Vice felt m- stronger towards Rachel McAdams than Rachel McAdams felt back to her. Mm-hmm. Rachel McAdams was sort of awakening into this thing, and Rachel Vice was sort of like full, not fully committed, but like she like this is who she is. Um, and I think that as me, the watcher of the film, and maybe I've been primed by like parental relationships in other films that we've been watching this whole time. Like I believe that journey is worth my experiencing it mm. um, and I think it's it's part of like I didn't read the book that this is based on um, the writer was present and seemed to be pretty supportive of the film she did reference the fact that the film was made its own in mm-hmm. some ways but didn't actually allude to what that means so maybe in the book it's handled better um, but I think that I think that, that the relationship between the two female leads is the weakest part of the film but that maybe that is not the most important part of the story.
1: Yeah. I just feel like the story is at least framed as if that were the point and the time dedicated in the story is very much that, um, the one exception being so much of this film is about the Orthodox experience and the Orthodox upbringing, all of which I think is great. Like I, I think that is handled really well. I love the, the eye for detail. I love the lack of explanation. Um, one audience member in the Q&A asked about the decision to not subtitle all the Hebrew that was used. I, th- yeah. I think it was a great choice not to do it. I loved being immersed in this world. And it was interesting because it, do- it doesn't really talk about location. So over time, you kind of realize, ah, this is like a little Jewish neighborhood in London area, maybe. And, and like maybe this is a very segregated community, even though they live among a broader population. And like yeah. you kind of get a feel for all that stuff. I, th- I thought that was all great. I was so ready for a film about faith and questioning and liberation. And I just, maybe I was being too naive during this movie, but I felt like it didn't actually tackle those things, except for the bow that it decided to wrap around itself at the end. And what it did tackle was a romance that has hints in parts and then explodes into a full-fledged romance with a... Very in my mind, clunky, gazy sex scene that I didn't, I didn't believe at all. It reminded me of Blue is the Warmest Color, right? It felt like yeah. really extended lesbian sex scene between two straight female actresses, filmed by a man who was trying to get it right. And it, I've never been in a lesbian relationship, so maybe, maybe this is how it works. But th- there were there were just moments that felt like very cheesy and overblown and not realistic, and. I don't know. Like from that moment on, I was just kind of taken out of the central romance of the film, and because that romance is the catalyst for whatever else is awakening in Rachel McAdams and Rachel Weisz's character, I I couldn't really track their trajectory after that. And it-
0: so, so I, so I don't think Rachel McAdams actually loves Rachel Weisz. Mm-hmm. I think that. Rachel Weiss represents the thing that she's caught in or re- represents the opposition or the uh the freedom the escape, the yeah, escape the, from the, the, the escape from that, that thing yeah. and i think she's leaning heavy on the idea of this love that was taken from her in her youth because it was it, like that was the forbidden thing she experienced something when she was younger somebody else from the church took that away from her and then, like, basically pushed her into this marriage. And that thing has always existed as, like, an example of what she missed and what she's in now. And I think that, like, by the end of this film, she's not sweet. Now you and I can get married and be happy forever. She is, like, so, like, she is now beginning to self-actualize and figure out what she wants. And she's just fine with the fact that like she's on this new journey starting now mm. and it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with Rachel Weiss. And she is still trying to figure out what Rachel Weiss means to her. And she's more starting this new journey that is really just about herself and not other people. Mm. Um, Well, one other yeah, person. Like, like
1: again, I, I saw that bullet pointed. I just didn't see it in the film that I watched. And I think so one bias I have going in is um, a, a few months ago, I read Naomi Alderman's latest book called The Power, which the premise of the book is really, really, really interesting. It's about a future where all women suddenly evolve this uh, like electric energy that basically lets them like electrocute people and control people from a distance and it it basically like tips the physical power where all of a sudden women are way stronger than men in all regards and it watches how like society would change based on that and it's the kind of premise that the moment you see it this like this x-men type moment when a new breed of people is emerging and power dynamics are changing it's like oh my god this can go in so many different directions i can't wait to see what she does and then the whole book after that was just like and then this par- like this analogy happened then this analogy happened and this is liberation and this is sexual liberation and this is political liber and it it felt like so on the nose and like lacking in creativity yeah. and th- this movie like felt similar to me where it felt like it had this thought of we're going to talk about faith in orthodox communities and the way that romance and sexuality can act as like a catalyst for freeing yourself from that. And marriage can be a stifling thing that keeps you in it. And that's all the ideas I have. And now <laughs> I'm just going to like watch it happen. But the, well, I, 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 so, it just felt like it didn't have like depth
0: to it at all. So, so I think, I think I agree with you as well. And I think that the reason why I spent so much of this film building subtext myself is because every scene like that is really weak. Mm -hmm. Like you have the, you know, the initial dinner scene that they have together where she's like, Oh sure. I could just get married and be in a loveless relationship for 10 years. And then like, it's like a statement. Everybody goes like shock. Mm -hmm. And then that scene's over and it's like, okay, like I thought this might be a film where you're going to comment on women's roles in marriage, especially with regards to like religious culture, which is Mm -hmm. like, a very fascinating subject oh, matter. Oh, sure. Plenty to explore um, there. Yeah, yeah. And this film, like, it, I wouldn't even call it surface level. It's like...
1: Reference level. Yeah, it's
0: like... Ref- it, it, it's basically... <laughs> it's like when you ride in a lift and the person before you had just jogged, like, 20 miles, <laughs> and then you just have, like, a little bit of that lingering, like, you know, like that's the aqua- <laughs> the level of surface. Just
1: a, just the hint.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that... The film isn't concerned with those things, so I looked elsewhere for what it was concerned with, mm. and I feel like this, these film, the, the film's weaknesses, are what drew me to these sort of subtext. It streams. left like empty
1: space for you to kind of ponder the, yeah, ponder yeah, the you know? themes of the movie. And,
0: and I think that, I mean, we're, we're going to, in a few moments, we're going to review another film, which, spoilers, I like less than this. Sure, um, but it does a similar thing, um, though that film is like a million times more complicated and unnecessary but like i think that like when we get to that i'll have similar feelings where i'm like these are the things that it brings up that are super fascinating that it chooses to do nothing with and i think that there are interesting beats in that film that i would love to like talk with people about mm-hmm. if they've seen the film but that aren't necessarily enough to make you want to watch it or try to get people to watch it this film i don't know how other people react to it i Found that sort of like intro outro. It, it's it's weird that like in a in a in this. I mean, I almost don't want to say it now because it's gonna sound really bad. But like in this lesbian love affair film, the male character who is the villain is one of the most important people to the discoveries in the film. Right. But it's like it, as you said earlier, it, it is by proxy. Like he is not actively uh taking a role in their learnings but through his attempting to adjust to them he gives me things that help fill out their stories so right. um he doesn't improve their lives he improves my watching experience because i get to experience it as as a on multiple angles an outside observer and
1: I, yeah so uh, i can buy that for me So the film climaxes in a a moment of his, like the the big ending is his revelation and his acceptance. And I didn't buy that for one second. To me, that felt as unearned as the movie we're about to talk about and its (laughs) its endings. It just, you know, it all felt very like bullet point. These are the types of things we want a movie to hit but we aren't going to be concerned with the connective tissue that makes you believe it. And the short of believing it, I just felt like I was watching like a sketch of someone's idea of what a compelling movie about faith and romance was going to be.
0: So, so what I like about it is, I mean, in typical, in typical religious type symbology, <laughs> um, it's all about self-sacrifice gets you to where you need to go. Right. Mm. Um, I just summarized the entire Bible in a really weird way. (laughs) Nailed it. Um,
1: (laughs) Except for numbers.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because we're dealing with like this community's like highest tier rabbi, right? Like level 13 grammaton cleric, right? (laughs) No, he's a
1: super saiyan. Um, He's like broccoli Rob plus plus.
0: (laughs) But like, anyway, so like he's, he is essentially... He's their equivalent to the Pope, right? Mm-hmm. Right. He's the person who was supposed to be as close to God. He literally, the whole reason why um, Rachel McAdams and Rachel Weiss were able to engage in this relationship when they were younger is because uh, the rab, as he's known, <laughs> literally spent all day upstairs in the attic reading uh, they like, they joke about it at one point where it's like he, he's reading he was <laughs> he was reading the thing then he was reading all the commentaries then he was reading the essays about the commentaries and then he was reading yeah. the criticisms of the essays like he basically yeah, a very
1: co- like contemporary jewish stereotype yeah yeah
0: yeah but essentially he is he should for all intents and purposes be the master mm. right he's gone now the male lead in the film is essentially trying to follow in his footsteps not just from like a spiritual standpoint but like to be that community lead like the rest of the the rabbis um I don't junior rabbis associate rabbis I don't know what the, I don't I don't know how it works um but Rabbinis. <laughs> they they are all like pushing towards him to take up this mantle and follow in his footsteps and like for me he is struggling with the can I be as good as him? Mm. He's struggling with the fact that like my wife is potentially engaged in this circumstance that the church definitely doesn't uh, 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 believe or isn't okay with. How am I supposed to lead my community when I can't even lead my own house? Like there are these stacking pressures and self criticisms and fears about not being able to stack up that are just building upon building upon a building upon building. And, he wants desperately to continue on and be this person the community needs. And in trying to like prove to himself, like he has to make the decision. Do I control my wife? Do I control the community? Do I control myself? Do I do all these things? And he, I I think that there is a a paradigm shift that can happen in a moment where you like in your, in your moment of most feverish, like fear you think about simple words that somebody said in a moment in time, and it makes you rephrase your entire outlook on things. And I mm-hmm. think that I can see how it would appear as shorthand, but it feels earned to me, just in the context of like, you know, as the filmmaker said, like like they didn't they didn't put any of the the uh, the Hebrew in subtitles. So you're just listening to it. But the opening of this film is all in English, and it's like this. He is giving, like, he he fought, like the uh, the rab falters many times during during his his speech, and like people are like, are "You okay?" And he's like, "No, nah, I'm fine. Let me get this out." And it's like mm-hmm. there is meaning behind his intent to deliver this specific message, which is, it's it's not uh, critical of of stereotypical teachings, but it is very like on the edge of liberal, I guess, interpretations right. of things. Like, it's basically saying, that, like, it, it, it I mean, first of all, it's...
1: It falls fine within Judaism, but not Orthodox Judaism. I yeah, yeah, think. yeah.
0: And it, it but it, but, it is, like, it's a, I mean, you and I both have various levels of, of churchy backgrounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I think that, like, one of the things that I always like to talk about with people is this idea of choice and free will. And, like, that, I mean, whether or not you're religious, that is a huge thing. And I think that, like, one of the things i always argue is the the that choice has to be real otherwise the like a a god who wants to be worshiped by his his creation can't be edified by a creation that has no choice to not worship him right sure. like i I'm probably phrasing it weird but like it's it's a thing that i already, already hold true to myself so hearing like this rabbi give my own words almost as a speech. Like there, there was a lot of deep connection that I had Mm -hmm. to that speech. And like the fact that that speech ties into the film as a whole. And like a lot of people can learn from that message in the context of how they go through this journey. It just felt like I, I felt interesting things happening within the story that made me appreciate it more.
1: Yeah. I Um, I won't take that from you. I just wish I had gotten it also.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I mean, (laughs) I think I've said my piece.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm good with it. Cool. Uh, so, should we get two verdicts then for this film? Sure. All right, Stephen Miller, if you're going to give the a must see, a recommend with a caveat, a wait for rental, a pass with a caveat, or a must avoid, what would you give it?
1: I, I've got to go with my gut and go pass with a caveat. I think, the caveat being this is a, totally competently shot, competently made film that captures certain moods very well. I think it, it shows this. Orthodox community in the UK very well. I found that world interesting. I just think the narrative was very weak and bullet pointy, and I thought the characters were inconsistent and hard to latch onto or follow. So I I felt like this took a very interesting idea that should have been right up my alley and didn't do very much with it. So I was was
0: pretty disappointed in this movie. Um, I was not disappointed about this movie. It wasn't the movie that I expected, but it did things that I appreciated in lieu of what I was hoping for. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is like one of those, it's a pleasantly, it's, I was, I was, what is the opposite of disappointed? (laughs) Pleasantly surprised? I I just, I just mean, I like in the things that disappointed you, I found some sort of solace in like what it was, I thought it was attempting to do. Mm -hmm. Once again, this could be like a Swiss Army Man situation where I'm like reading all these things that don't actually exist in the text of the film. But I I appreciate it a lot. So I will give it a recommend with a caveat. Um, it's definitely not a must-see. Many problems, maybe muddily messaged, but I I just think it's doing interesting things. It definitely is a type of film that having conversations about... Uh, uh, stuff in the film will probably help your appreciation of the film yeah um you're not just gonna like watch it and be like cool oh, great it's more like a, an interesting film that you can see with others and then talk about um so yeah that's for me reckon of the caveat <laughs> okay but yeah that's gonna be uh this review of disobedience um so hopefully you enjoyed that steven miller if people want to find you that a week where can they do that
1: uh, people can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com
0: people can find me at christopherreallife.com and twitter.com slash Uh you can head over to the spoiler warning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show if you want to subscribe to the podcast you can do so at overcast in stitcher apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found um if you want to know when the episodes go live you can follow us at twitter.com spoiler warning or you can like us at facebook.com the warning if you want to get hold of us directly you can send an email to fans at spoiler warning.com or you can use the contact form on our site the music for this episode will come from something
1: um, hopefully some of that cool hebrew chants
0: yeah i mean yeah if the film is coming out now then there may be uh, the soundtrack may be available for it so hopefully we'll be able to put that in there and, uh, yeah. I think that's gonna do it. Um, we're gonna go head off and record a few more reviews. One for a film called Zoe, and then one for a film that we continually forget the. Uh, untogether. Untogether, untogether. Unobedience. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so we're gonna take off, and we will see you shortly. May
1: you live a long life. May you live a long life. And prosper.